Amen. Well, guys, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter 3. Definitely want to invite you there, opening up a, a Bible if you brought one, but also, again, acknowledging that we're doing something just a tiny bit different as we're journeying through the book of Proverbs. So back at the door, as you came in, you got a Proverbs booklet, or there was one available for you. If you missed it, you're welcome to go back and get it. It's got the entire chapter of Proverbs chapter 3 in this book. Now, we're not going to cover all of Proverbs chapter 3 uh, this week. It'll take us at least a couple weeks, so we'll use this same booklet uh, for a couple of weeks. And so we just want to invite you uh, to have one, to use that if you so want to. Uh, also, I just want to tell you, if you're online and you're thinking, well, I don't have one, well, we have made it available. So you can go to our website under the Messages tab, and you would find right now the booklet that you could download is a PDF, and you could use that electronically, or you could print it out and use that as well, and we'd invite you to do that. Again, kind of our aim is because Proverbs is just a different kind of book, both in the way it progresses and being able to see the, the interplay of the words and, and sentences, especially as we move forward. So kind of our goal is that you would feel free to, to mark this thing up maybe more than you would uh, your own Bible, just kind of just, just just circling, underlining, maybe doing some of what I'll do, but maybe going beyond that so that you could see all of this. That's kind of our aim, and uh, I would love to know if that's working. If it's not working, that's fine. Again, if this, you're not the person that wants to do that or kind of walk through that, you can use a, you know, just follow along and, and go your own way, but just you know, appreciate any insights as it works for you, or if you have a better way, if you want to take a picture of what you do on your booklet and send it to me, I would love that. Uh, nobody has yet done that, FYI. Just in case you're, well, that's right, everybody else, no. You guys are so shy, I don't know, I'm just, I love, I mean, I really do love to see what you guys are getting and, and love to get out of it, so that would be great. Well, with that, let's go before God right now. We've got the Bible study booklet, we've got Proverbs 3 before us, but what we need right now is that God would take it and open it up to our hearts. Be arrogant for us to think that we could do this on our own. So let's humble ourselves before Him right now and ask for His help and that he would communicate to you and to me his truth. Father, we do just want to humble ourselves before you and approach your word with humility and acknowledging, God, we need you, uh, that we can approach this on our own. We know that's not the way this is meant to work. You, you've given us your spirit. You've told us that you would teach us and show us. Lord, we need that help. We need you to open up your understanding to your truth. And in the midst of it, we need you to work inside of us in a way that is just continuing that transforming work. Here we are. Here I am, wanting to hear from you. Well, show me, show us what you have for us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wisdom. That is what we're pursuing. Wisdom is what the book of Proverbs is about. But it's worth just noticing at the very beginning of our, of our study this evening, something we've talked about throughout the entire study but need to keep on saying, is wisdom ultimately is Christ. Think about what it tells us to, in 1 Corinthians. We preach Christ crucified. Christ is the power of God, and He is the wisdom of God. So then when we think about wisdom, it's, it's just encapsulated in Him. So much so that poets tell us in Colossians that in Christ is whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Like if it's real wisdom, it's in Him. I mean, He's the source of all of it. So even as we, as we journey into Proverbs, we are pressing into wanting to see and know Him. 
They're wanting to see who he is and, and, and what Christ is to our life. And certainly as we move into it this evening, we just want to say that that's what we're needing this evening is to see Jesus. That is always the case. And even as we're in the book of Proverbs, may God meet us in that. Well, Proverbs is laid out, if you've been with us in our studies so far, again, the first about nine chapters of the book of Proverbs is a number of quick addresses. Before we get into the really random uh, nature of the book of Proverbs, there's a, the first nine chapters has just a number of ways that it addresses it to us. Ours begins, and if you want to circle it, you can just circle that word, my son, as it becomes an indicator of where we are. And this is now going to be the third of 10 addresses from a father to a son. And that's really found in those first nine chapters. The third time that he's going to say, you know, I have this for you. I want to speak this to you. And one of the things that does for us is both kind of set the parameter for us, but even the way that we're supposed to hear this. You know, think about it. This idea of a father speaking to a son, it is that picture of a family. It is a tender nature. But ultimately, it's the way that God addresses us. I think about what it tells us in First John, that behold what manner uh, of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. This is amazing love, that God would invite us to be His children, that to be saved is not just to be a servant or a number or accounted in His kingdom, it's to be a child of God, into the family of God. And so there is a sense that as you're hearing this, you need to hear it that way that God the Father is speaking to you as His child, speaking to you in a tender way, in a loving way, in an educating but concerned way, wanting the best things uh, for your life. And so He's going to invite us into that. Well, He's speaking about wisdom. And again, that's been kind of the, the flow that's flowed into this moment. As even in our last chapter, it was a, just a call to pursue that and see all of that. This address begins here. It might be helpful just to mark it out because it doesn't flow the whole chapter. There's actually two addresses uh, of the father to the son in chapter three. And so I'm going to put little kind of blocks around it. You can do that or you could circle the whole thing or however you want to do it. But the address starts here in verse one. And then if you want to flip over uh, to page three, it ends there in verse 10 the end of this kind of third address of the father to the son, uh, you know, is found in, in that section. So it's kind of within that set, that those verses that you want to hear the kind of encapsulation of this nugget of truth. So he begins by just saying, my son, do not forget my law and let your heart keep my commandments. It's, it's just the beginning of it says, I want you, to, don't forget what I'm telling you. Don't forget what I'm telling you. I want you to keep it. And it's even powerful the way he says it. Let your heart keep this. That there's a, a desire that it wouldn't just be information, but a heart kind of just grabbing around everything that it's saying. So it's, it's as if the father is speaking to the child. Our father is speaking to us. And he's telling us, I don't want you to forget this. I don't want you to, to, to lose what I'm saying. This isn't just something that you should, you know, hear now and, and let it be gone. And he tells us a little bit why. He says, you know, for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. So just kind of notice that if you want to circle the word for, uh, again, it's that connection. It says, here's why. I mean, this is what I, I want for you. This is a place that would bring length of days into your, length of days and long life and peace it would add to you. 
Okay, before we talk about the, the wonder of that and the beauty of that, let's also address just the nature of this in the book of Proverbs. I mean, here's the sense again that we've talked about in the midst of it. It says these would be added to us, these would be ours, but Proverbs are not promises. That's maybe one of the most difficult things that sometimes people have a way of, of wrapping themselves around in the book of Proverbs, that in one sense, God is giving us wisdom. He is not giving us necessarily promises. Now, there are things that would be promises because they relate to His character, but these are things that in the midst of life, we would simply say, hey, for starters, this is not always true. I mean, the godly don't always live long lives, and they don't always have peace. I mean, that's, that's a lot of the other book, of, that's the book of Job, right? That's the book of Ecclesiastes. There's Psalms that tell us, you know, think about even Asaph writing in Psalm 73. It's like, I don't, how come it doesn't always work that way? I mean, does, shouldn't it always work this way? It doesn't always work this way. It's not always true, but it is generally true. And that's the nature of wisdom, that it's offering to us a wise way to do life. And again, I just want to say it to you this way, not as, as you know, kind of looking at it and saying, well, you know, the, the godly always live long and the ungodly always live short lives. Not true. <laughs> not true. But actually, if you want to think about eternally and you want to think about with quality, I would say, well, then it is true. Uh, you know, that, that those who adhere the wisdom and be drawn to Christ, we have eternal life. And I'll tell you this, the life of a godly person, if it was even short, is better than the long life of an ungodly. And so he's offering it to us. And so again, I'm just wanting you to hear the heart of the Father saying, this would, this would be good for you. I mean, this, this wisdom that I, would, that I long for you to have, it's not something that would just be something that would be in your brain that would help you pass a test, uh, that would help you, you know, win at Bible trivia or something like that. It would actually help your life it would add to your life. It would add to your life, both in quantity and in, in, in peace. And I just want to tell you, there's wisdom that's found there, the heart of a father who, who would just long for this in our lives and wanting you just to hear that and hear kind of where God would meet us in that. And so he just continues his invitation where he says it in verse three, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And I think I'm just going to underline just the repeated admonitions that are, that are for us in this phase. You know, he says, you know, let not. I mean, don't, don't, you, this is something you have to make sure it doesn't happen, that you don't lose it. You're going to bind them around your neck. You're going to write them on the tablet of your heart. And there are ways, again, that he's communicating the same thing. In other words, of I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to forget these things that I'm trying to impart to you. I don't want you to lose them. Now, it is worth noting, it's just kind of a, a personal thing that I almost always notice because it's so fascinating to me. There in verse 3, you notice how he says it, let not mercy and truth for, forsake you. So I'm just going to circle mercy. I'm going to circle truth. I always love when God puts those together. I always love when God puts mercy and truth or grace and truth or love and truth kind of together. All those things kind of are synonyms for saying the same thing because I just want to tell you it's the perfect balance. And if you've ever thought this through, and again, I've invited you guys to it often, um, it's the thing that you can't do. It's honestly one of the reasons you need wisdom. The, the thing is that we have a propensity to either be merciful or true. 
we have a hard time doing both. Um, and again, that's, it, it's actually different even around the room. Some of it's different by personalities. Some of us are like, it's just true. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, it's like black, white, I mean, everything else. And other people are like, well, you know, you just gotta, if you understand and you listen to them. And, 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 and the hard thing is actually doing both. And the thing is, I just love this balance. And for me, whenever I see it, I see Jesus because I know he's the one, and maybe he is the only one in that sense that gets it right. And so if you want to write a little reference there, you can write down John 1, 14, because that's where it speaks about it, and I'll just put it on the screen. It says, and the word became flesh, speaking of Christ, he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, like how amazing he is, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, and he is full of grace and truth, that in Christ these two kiss, that these two come together. It's always a beautiful thing. And again, he becomes the one that is just the, the, the model of that. And in one sense, again, that's what we are wanting. It's like, okay, I want to be more like Jesus. <laughs> I want wisdom so that I can handle life in a wiser way that not only is right wisdom, but it would be the kind of thing that communicates grace and truth, that I be a, this one that people would see the beauty or the glory of God even and on through my life and certainly longing for that. So again, that's where he's inviting. He's saying, hey, this is what I want for you. This is where we're going. And so he continues his kind of invitation to his son, and he says, and this is what it would do. And again, you can kind of just circle and so, because it's again one of those connective words that lets us know what would happen. He says, if you do that, you're going to find favor. You're going to find high esteem in the sight of God and man. Once more, it's a proverb, so it's not, you know, like, you know, but it is still true. It says, if you'll hold these truths, and you won't forget them, and you'll hear what God has for you, and you'll know His wisdom, it'll change your life. It'll bring favor, both before people, but before God, and certainly all of this, again, is just the heart of the Father who's telling us, hey, these things are worth your hearing. And so with this invitation, with this admonition that this is where we're wanting to go, we launch into the next verse that really becomes one of the first true Proverbs that we find within the book of the Proverbs. I mean, much of what we've had so far has been kind of setting the parameters, both to seek it, how not to listen to other people, how to hear God. But really here in chapter 3, we're going to begin, uh, both this week and next week, kind of having some of the nuggets that are laid before us. And in many ways, this next one becomes one of the most well-known. Probably it is one of the most well-known Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. And let me just simply say, rightly so. It's an amazing nugget. Just reading it there, trust in the Lord, verse 5, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What an amazing proverb. Many of you guys know it. Some of you have it memorized. You should. This is one of those ones that is a nugget of wisdom that will change the way you live your life, that will help you navigate life in a way that is grace, that is truth, that is finding favor with God and finding favor. I mean, this is one of those ones that will help you get there. So let's go to the end of it and just kind of point out what we're going to get. He says, if you will do this, then God will direct your paths. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not trying to put it into your mouth. I'm just going to tell you, I read that and I think, that's what I want. Like, like right there, 
I want what God wants for my life. So many times that's kind of the question, like, okay, God, what do you want? What, what's happening? How do I know what it is you have? And I long for guidance. Sometimes people even begin to wonder, like, well, maybe God doesn't do that. Uh, you know, there's a whole theological uh, kind of construct that some people have that, you know, God's big, he's running the universe, he's giving you principles, and really it doesn't really matter. Uh, he, he, he's in, he is an end to this place of kind of giving personal guidance. Can I just simply say, well, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> God says he knows everything about us. He says he, he searches us, he knows us, he would lead us in a way that's everlasting, that he would long to be involved in our lives. He wants to help you know the way in which you should go. Now, I'm just telling you, that's a beautiful thing. That should be something that we should say, okay, if that is being offered, if that is on the table, then what do I need to do to have that? I mean, what do I need to do so that I could see what God would want for my life and, and, and be able to navigate that? And so in a very small encapsulated way, he gives it to us. So let's just go and kind of just note the main, main nuggets. You can see them yourself, but obviously it begins with a trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And it's the first kind of key. That's the first part in it. Secondly, lean not on your own understanding. Let that not be what you're trusting in. And then thirdly, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So in essence, three keys. Three keys that would help us get to this place that God would be the one that directs our lives. And so I'm going to kind of write it over on the, on the, on the little writing column there. You don't have to, but sometimes when I read this, it's helpful for me to almost imagine it uh, like a math problem. And so I'll just say, okay, if on the plus side of it, you trust him, that you really do trust him. But then subtracting it, you don't trust yourself. Like you're not going to lean on your own understanding. Like that's not going to be the thing that makes the decisions. But then on the plus side, again, you will acknowledge him. You'll acknowledge God in all your ways. He says, if you will do this, you get guidance. If you will do these things, then God's the one who's going to bring that into your life, that he's the one that will bring what that looks like into your world, which is an absolutely amazing thing. That he's saying, okay, this is how you get there. Okay, that's really, really helpful. Let's press a little bit more into each one just briefly, although you could spend the whole evening, we could spend weeks on this, quite honestly, just diving into it. But maybe we'll kind of begin work our way backwards just for a second. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's a, it's a great piece of understanding. I'm going to put a little asterisk by the word acknowledge and just kind of put it over there. What does that mean? Well, acknowledging is literally the word for knowing. It means that we're going to know God as God. But it has the idea of submitting to him or maybe even some translations would say, kind of inviting him into every space of your life. Okay, so one of the things that becomes really, really important is if we're going to, you know, have God's guidance is a place where we acknowledge him as God. Over what? Over everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, so that, we, that there's not any space in our life that we are not inviting him into. To acknowledge God isn't just a, a place where you're kind of like, hi, <laughs> you know, just, just thought I would acknowledge you there. You know, It's the place where I'm going to say, in this space, I'm going to admit you're God and I'm not. I want your wisdom. I, I want your wisdom. I'm not asking just for counsel. I'm not asking just for advice. 
But if I'm going to ask you to guide my life in relationships or my job or my finances or my friendships or how I spend my time, if I'm wanting guidance, then the guidance I need is from God. He's God. He's my God. He's one that I come in and say, God, this isn't one of those places that if you give guidance that I get to kind of go, huh, well, that's, you know, I'm going to weigh that, you know, against the, no, if you're God, you're God. So it's this idea of bringing him into every space of your life. As, you know, some uh, people have the idea of, uh, you know, think of phrases like practicing the presence of God, uh, which kind of has the idea again in that, that we're going to bring God, his presence into everything. So that if I want him to, to guide my life, then it, he has to be God in my life. He has to be the one that I acknowledge. Now, that's huge and no minor deal. It's simply put this way, probably some are lacking God's guidance because they won't do that. Uh, again, maybe it's you. I, I don't know. The kind of thing where it's like, you know, I'm you know, not going to let him boss me around. I mean, I'll, I'll read it and I'll think about it, but I'm not really interested in God being God. You know, I'm interested in a, in a divine, you know, psychological counselor that will give me advice, and then I can decide what I want, you know. But no, he, if, if I'm going to want his guidance, then he's going to have to be God. I'm going to have to say, God, you're God, and I'm not, and I want you to reign in my life. I want you to reign over all of my life. So acknowledging is a part of it, but then there's also the idea that we're going to lean not on our own understanding. That's a hard one. Uh, that's a hard one, but again, important. Because one of the key issues is that is so often what gets us in trouble. I could spend a long time on this. I'm trying to think about how to just say it briefly. But this is why we make so many mistakes. Because we think we know better. We think we, well, for some reason, we think we know we're doing it. And sometimes even when God is, you know, truth is clear or whatever it is, we, we trust in something else. We trust in our own understanding. We rely on our own opinions. We rely on our feelings over God's clear declarations. This is so big in our world right now. This is so big in our world right now that people are wrestling with things. People are wrestling with you know, you guys know this. It's in the news all the time. I don't want to bring, you know, gender identity or all these other things. And they'll say, well, this is what I feel. It's like, what, this is what he says. You know, so which one is, where, where are you going to place your life on what you feel? Or are you going to place your life off what he says? You're going to have to, if you want his guidance, then your personal just feelings or opinion have to take second place to what he's going to say. And so he's going to invite us to trust him. Now, it's worth also noting that as we trust in him it, with all our heart, we lean not on our understanding, we acknowledge him. I'm just going to go ahead and circle all my heart and all your ways. Um, and one more time, this kind of gets us a little bit closer because that, again, could be part of the problem. All is all, right? Sometimes the problem with wanting God's guidance is we want some of his guidance, just not all of it. You, you guys know what I mean, right? It's other people. It's not you. I mean, it's, it's the Sunday morning folks, not the come, people that come on Wednesday morning. You know what I'm saying. The kind of person that's like, I wouldn't mind his guidance in my job, but don't mess with my friendships. Um, I, I wouldn't mind his guidance in, you know, deciding, you know, you know, this thing, but don't, don't, there, there's, there's sometimes pieces of our lives that we want to keep obscured from him. 
And, and just saying to in the most simple way, that's not a part of this promise. That, that God's saying, if, if I'm not God, then I'm not giving you guidance. I mean, you can't you know, say, well, God, I wouldn't mind your guidance in this area, but you can't have all of me. You know, you can't have, I mean, you can't have all of my life. You know, I, I, you know I'm still, in, I don't want to surrender to you with an entire, you know, kind of surrender. But that's what's in this proverb. That it's saying, okay, here's this place that if we would do this, if you would trust God, if you would trust Him, believe that He's God, believe that He is. Believe by faith, as it tells us in Hebrews, that we believe that He is and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Like, you believe. You, you, you believe that God is God, and you're not going to put your trust in yourself, and you're going to say, hey, God, I want you to be a part of all of my life. Well, I'm just telling you, there His guidance is offered to you. And I just want to tell you, I, I really believe with all my heart that this is transformative, and I believe it's real. I don't believe this is impossible to get to. Again, God knows us, and if it required absolute perfection, then nobody would ever get this, and I don't think it's calling us there, but it is calling us to this kind of heart. And I just want to tell you, I think it would be there for you here this evening, that if, if, you, if you're looking and you're saying, God, I need guidance, if you would come to this, trusting Him, giving up on your own opinion, bringing Him into your life, I believe His guidance would get there. Now, so much more we could say about it, but I just want to walk around it in a different direction. See, I love this. I love that this is offered. It's definitely one of my favorite Proverbs. I think it through. Uh, I'm often asking for His guidance, and sometimes when I'm asking for His guidance, I will just walk through it. It's like, God, do I trust you? Do I believe you? Yes, I believe you. God, I'm going to believe you even if it's against what I think. I'm going to, I'm going to not trust my own opinion. And I just want to say, God, you're my God. I'm going to bring you into my life. And, and so I often kind of will walk through that kind of just quick kind of formula within my own heart, like, God, I don't want to be there because I need guidance. But one of the things that hits me in this whole promise is part of the problem of a faith-based guidance. Now, it's probably not you. It's probably me. See, I read this, and I find myself hoping that he's going to give me the skinny, that he's going to tell me, like, if I do this, like, all of a sudden my understanding is going to come just wide open, and I'm going to fully comprehend, like, what I'm supposed to do and why and how and when. But if I can go back and tell you, didn't I just say, I don't have to understand? I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I just want to tell you that actually that becomes part of it. That this isn't the kind of place that you say, okay, God, I'm going to acknowledge you, I'm going to believe in you, I'm going to submit to you, that all of a sudden, you know, there's this clear, clear-cut, like absolute, 100%, hey, this is, the, the, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. Now, maybe that works for you. It just doesn't work for me. I kind of want it to. I mean, I kind of wanting like this heavenly GPS that's going to be like, in 400 feet, turn right. You know, it's like, I just, it's, I just want to know. Like, like, tell me exactly what it is. But as I'm often seeking God's guidance, it's not what I get. I mean, there's not this place of, I 100% know I'm in the right place. But here's the really crazy thing. If we believe this, and I'm not trusting in my own understanding, then I have to believe that He is good enough to direct my life. He, that if I'm surrendered to Him, 
If I'm trusting him, and I am not going to believe, trust in my own understanding, and I'm acknowledging him, then I have to believe that, that he's going to help me make that right choice in, in, in a way that's by faith. Let me put it to you a different way. One of my other favorite verses that speak about this is in the book of Romans. So in Romans, Paul is kind of ending this incredible theological understanding of how great our salvation is, and he gets to the practical part of it in chapter 12, and he says, I beseech you therefore. And it's kind of a therefore that looks back over the whole book of Romans and says, because of how great your salvation is, because of the righteousness of Christ, the wonder of Christ that we talked about on Sunday morning, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It says, I just want to invite you, give yourself to God. I mean, in one sense, that's acknowledging Him in all your ways. Come and say, God, okay, God, you're God, and I want you to be my God. I'm going to come and say, because you're so good to me, and, and you're so right, I'm going to take my life, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to surrender who I am to you. He says, that's, what I'm, I, that's, that's just the right way to come and approach that, to say, okay, God, I believe you, I trust you, I surrender my life to you. Then he says, and do not be conformed uh, to this world. Quick pause. That's another way of saying, don't trust in your own understanding. Don't trust in people. Don't let the world or even your own opinions be that that dictates who you are. Don't let this world conform you. Don't let everything that's around you uh, be the thing that decides who you are. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed so that you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to believe that you're in the process of making me and changing me. It's a great offer. And again, I'm just telling you, it's the right way to live your life. That you would come and say, God, here I am, giving you me. <laughs> I'm going to give you me, and I'm going to not trust myself, not let the world conform me. Then Paul says it this way. He says, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God would guide your steps. And you would be proof of it. But here's the way that just worked. If you're tracking with me for a moment, if you're surrendered, you're in it. If you're, if you, if you, if you're really surrendering, your, if you're giving yourself to God and you're saying no to the world and you're saying yes to Him, to transforming you, then your life is a picture of what God's perfect will is. Now, I love that. But again, part of the problem becomes because I, I'm kind of hoping that He would clue me in. Like, I could just see it. Like, okay, so now I know. But he's just saying, if, if you're surrendered, you can't miss it. If you would surrender your life to him and, and, and quit letting the world boss you around, and you would let him change you on the inside out, you're there. Just, just make that next choice. Make that next thing before you as best as you can, believing that God is, would, would you know, send up a roadblock or do something. There's a beautiful part of this that I absolutely love, but there's the part of it in faith. I'm just, I mean, maybe it's not you. I hope I'm not trying to create any kind of conflict or any kind of confusion. It's also my frustration because I'm just going to admit to you, I, just, I, I really was, I just kind of keep hoping that God would bring me into his counsel. Like, Okay, Jim, I'm going to give you the map for the next month. Here's what you're supposed to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and this is how I want you to... I mean, if he would do that, I'm just going to tell you I'm all in. I would be all in to be like, God, tell me exactly what to do. But the life of faith isn't really that. 
the way that he has chosen to lead our lives is a place that we're going to come and say, God, I believe you. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to understand. I don't have to know. <laughs> I don't have to, I'm not going to trust in my own understanding. Instead, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe that you're a God who can work in my life. And I'm going to trust you to do that in a way that would actually work in that. And that's exactly what he's offering to us. So again, I'm just giving it to you in hopefully a simple, it's probably not simple. I maybe have made it complicated. I hope not. But I'm going to tell you, it's two verses that just unpack for us how great this is. And I wonder how many are just not even trying because they're like, well, you know, just too complicated to know God's will. I mean, I don't understand how it all works. Instead of just saying, I'm just going to believe him. Quit letting, you know, if he says it, if God says this and I feel this, I'm going to go with God. You know, you know I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. And you know what? I'm going to surrender my life to him. And he tells me if I do that, then I'm in. He's going to direct my life. And there's a beautiful place of that that becomes just this amazing way that God is actively involved in directing our lives, but it's still a faith walk. Still a walk where we're saying, okay, this is how it works. I don't get to see it. I don't get a map, but I have a way that he meets me in that. So incredibly helpful and beautiful and desirable, and I hope it just meets you because it's a favorite of mine and meets me in a great way. So down at the bottom of the page, and we've kind of told you, hey, this is a great place for you to write more or if you're a doodler. I mean, sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. doesn't work for all of you, but it does work for some of you, and maybe you've already figured it out or maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Because maybe you're someone that says, man, I have a hard time remembering biblical truths. For some, I mean, sometimes you just gotta figure out who you are. You gotta figure out how the way God wired your brain. You're not the person next to you, but you have a brain that God gives. And for some of you, it's a doodle. And it's the craziest thing that if you would draw a picture of whatever that truth is, you'll never forget it. It's right there. You won't be able to remember all the other stuff, but you'll, you'll get it. So sometimes just doing that is helpful. And again, if that's you, you should do it. If you, ha- if you don't know if it's you, you should try it. Now, now you can pull this out tomorrow or whatever and just sit down and think, okay, what do I, when I think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, what would it look like? I'll just give you a quick one that is one that I put together. It's definitely not perfect. And again, I'm not a great doodler, but I hope some of you are. And I'm longing to see some of your pictures. So like, send me a picture, you know, because I would love to see what some of you doodle. So for me, I'm just going to put like a little trust in the Lord with all your heart. They're just kind of this picture says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to add to it uh, this place that's going to have this like little brain that's working out. Says, I'm not going to trust in that little like, no, like not my brain, like not my understanding. Instead, I'm going to acknowledge him. For me, that kind of works picturing this like knight or whatever it is, you know, bowing before the king and saying, you're the king. You're the king, and I just want to bring you into kingship in my life. I just want to say, God, you're invited into everything that it is. And he says, if you do that, then God would direct your paths. And so I have this whole squiggly line of paths that are confusing. It's like, I want a straight path. I want him to lay out my course in front of me so that I don't miss it. And that's what he's saying he's going to do. So that's my little doodle. Uh, Maybe you have another one, but however it works, the idea is that that would meet you and draw you into what that looks like. Okay, let's flip the page over because we're still in this section. And, And so now he's continuing, and these next verses are still actually speaking about the same thing. So we just had this great trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. So he gives us this little place here that 
It tells us, do not be wise in your own eyes. And so this is a little bit of that lean not on your own understanding, that he's telling us, okay, here's what needs to happen. Don't be so smart. <laughs> Don't put so much trust or you know, validation in your understanding as if you could know everything. Come to a humility that admits that you need guidance. Matthew Poole in his commentary uh, says it this way. It says, be not puffed up with vain conceit of thine own wisdom, as if that were sufficient for the conduct of all thine affairs, uh, without direction or assistance from God or without the advice of others. It's like that, again, it's kind of a you know, Puritan you know, kind of speaking here, but it says, but don't be, this, don't be puffed up with vain conceit as if somehow you were sufficient, as if somehow you thought you could handle life on your own. Admit you can't. Admit you can't. Come to the place that you recognize that you need God. You need it to come through there. So he says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Instead, fear the Lord, recognize who he is, and say no to evil. Because that's really part of the deal. That, again, your feelings at times will come in conflict with what God says. And he's telling you, in that moment, say no. So this is Adam and Eve. This is Eve sitting in there in a garden with Satan saying, you know, here, you should take this fruit, you know, and God saying, mm, don't take the fruit or you'll die. And, and, and so there's this moment of choice, and Eve goes with her own understanding. Eve goes with believing what she feels and what Satan's saying over what God says, and therein lies the problem. And most of our mistakes are the same. Places where we know what God is saying. We know what God wants. We just don't want to do it. We don't want to do what he wants to do. And it's like, you know, that's what messes you up. That's, the, that's why you have to be able to say no to yourself. You have to say, okay, God is bigger than me. He knows more than I do, and I'm going to fear him. I'm going to put him above any of this so that that would be, you know, what he would have. And he says, if you do this, this would be health to you. This would be strength to you. This would be health to your flesh. It would be strength to your bones to be able to admit your need for him and acknowledge that what you need is his work. So again, just really, really helpful, maybe one of the hardest pieces of the whole thing. Let's just be honest. It is actually, at least for me, in the whole Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is the hardest one, to, to say no to myself, to acknowledge my own just, okay, I can't trust myself. I can't trust in my own understanding, but it's absolutely necessary. It becomes the key for everything that that is. So he gives us this, and then in the next verse, he goes to the other part of it. So verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of your, of your increase. And so honor the Lord. This is definitely a part of the idea of acknowledging him in all your ways. Because again, that was kind of the key. Like say yes to God, put him in, bring him into all of your life, that that would be a part of who you are. Make sure that you do that. So he's telling us, here's how we do it. He says, honor the Lord, and if you want to, you can circle the Lord, Lord, Lord with there, because that's kind of the point. Uh, honor him with all of your possessions, like everything you have. Now, that's money, but it's bigger than money. It's everything. Honor him and everything in it, and give him the first fruits of all your increase. So if you're going to acknowledge God in your life, it's to put him first in all of your life that you're seeking first him and his kingdom in every part of who you are. Now, that's where this is seeking to go, but let's just be really clear. It's talking very specifically about the way that we handle our money, 
about the way that we do that, about the way that that works. And the idea is he's telling us, hey, we are to put God first in absolutely everything, that God is supposed to be everything in our lives. And doing that financially is a key to this. Boy, this is a big subject, but I'm going to give it to you really briefly. God is really interested (laughs) and specific about the way that you handle your money. He doesn't need your money, and neither do I. I have no idea if you give here at this church or not. That's kind of the way we've governed this church. So if you think I'm looking at you like I know something, I know nothing, and that's just really, really good. I have no idea if you give here or don't give here, and I'm not really concerned about that for us. I am concerned for you. And I'm telling you, God is telling you that he should be first in everything. And one of the key aspects of that is in your finances, where God says, okay, here's what you're going to do. Give it to him first. So that out of the first fruits of all your increase and all that God gives to you and all that he brings into your life, give him first. Now, is this 10%? Is this a tithe? That's a subject for another day. It's not a bad thing. Old Testament was 10%. New Testament, there's, there's a little bit of way in there. I'm less concerned about arguing a percentage. I am very concerned about saying it should be a percent, and it should be always, so that, so that you say, okay, God, you're first, and, and out of whatever you give me, I'm going to put you first. And again, I, I just happen to be a pretty simple guy. I think that should actually be exactly how it works. I think however God gives you increase, whether it's a paycheck or some other income, the very first check, if you write a check, or first thing that you do, he should get it first. And and there's a whole lot of reason for that. There's a whole lot of weight to it. But I'm just telling you it's important because it's a key for that. And I'm just going to give you Jesus' words there in Matthew 6, 21, where he simply says it this way, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You cannot say that God is first in your life if he's not first in your finances. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. Jesus, and now you, you could argue, and if you want to argue with anybody, I guess you could argue with Jesus. You know, but Jesus said, no, that where you, what you put first there, it's both an indicator of who you are, but it will govern who you are. And that's actually what we're after. See, we're wanting to say, I want God to be God in all of my life. I, I want to acknowledge God in all of my ways. That sounds really, really great. How do you do that? He says, start here. Put him first. Put him first so that your income, you acknowledge him first. You say, God, you're the most important thing. You're the, you're, you're the one that I recognize as the source of my life. And, and I put you first above my needs, above my provision, above what I want. I'm just going to say all of that. I'm going to say, God, I want that. And again, there's, there's incredible realities. And if you have a personal struggle with this, hey, we are, we'd love to walk with you in it, both because it is a process of understanding sometimes getting here. And so if you need help on it, please understand we would. But I just want to tell you, this is the pathway to acknowledging God in all your ways. This is how you get there. I mean, this is one of the key aspects because that's the idea. If we're going to honor God first, we're going to put him first in all of our lives. And then he just tells us, if you would do this, if you do this, and I'm just going to circle the word so because it's kind of one of those reasoning words. It's telling us where this is going. He says, you know, your barns are going to be filled with plenty and your vats are going to overflow with new wine. Bunch of stuff we could say here. I'm just going to tell you that's a promise from God. I mean, he just simply says, hey, you know, if we do that, it brings us into his blessing. Now, you need to be really clear about this. You cannot pull the wool over God's eyes. 
this can, giving cannot be a way of thinking, if I put God first, I'll have more. It's not going to work. It's just God, God, that's not actually what God said. He says, but if you put me first in your life, then I can bless you. If you put me first in your life, then I can bless you. If I'm not first in your life, I can't bless you. I mean, it's just where he's saying, if, if I'm first, then it will bring you into this so that I can fill you with plenty and, and you can overflow with new wine. Now, wine throughout the Bible is a picture of joy. And so let's just kind of read it that way. It says, boy, you're going to have it and it's going to be joyful. I mean, you're going to put it first and it's going to become this incredible place that unpacks for you life and brings you into everything that's there. And he's telling us, hey, that would be powerful. So please understand, boy, if you want God's guidance, like you want him to direct your life, then again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 becomes one of the most simple declarations of it. But it's a lot harder than sometimes it says. Because to acknowledge him means he has to be first. I mean, he's got to be first. And one of the best ways to work at that is to say, okay, are you first in my money? Are you first in what I, I mean, are you first? Then it should be everything else. Are you first in my time? Are you, are you first in, 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 am I putting you first in my life so that you reign over everything I am? But if I do that, then you will bring me into everything that you have for me. What an incredible joy. I just want to offer it to you, so I just go back to that for a moment and just put it there on the screen. He's telling us, hey, if you'll trust in the Lord with all your heart and you'll lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, he will. He shall direct your paths. Wow. Can you hear the heart of the Father speaking to his child saying, this would be a way that you could do life. It'll bring you into favor with God and people. It'll open up for you doors that you could never imagine. It's joyful, it's, but it, it, it has to happen this way. It's life the way that God means for it to be lived. And I'm offering it to you. Now, again, see, the problem is that because Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is such a famous verse, some of you have it up on plaques, and you're like, I love that verse. And it's like, but some of you like, I never really thought it through. <laughs> it's like, I never thought through what it was telling me I had to do. It's like, no wonder it doesn't work in my life, because, you know, I won't get there. But I'm telling you, you can get there. And what a great thing it would be that your life could be directed, that you could do what Romans would say, that your life would become a proof of that which is perfect, that which is the good, you know, just the amazing, satisfying will of God. Your life would be like, that's what happens when you put God first. That's the life that would be there. So people would say, wow, what is that? That's like, that's trusting in the Lord with all your heart, leaning not on your own understanding, acknowledging Him, and He would direct your paths. Well, that's where we're going to end. I, I, I kind of had thought maybe we'd go through half the chapter. We didn't get there, so we're going to stop here because it's just a good way to stop, and it's kind of at the end of this first address anyway. And, and so it just kind of works into this, but it's a great way for us to simply say, hey, there's wisdom here. There's wisdom. I believe it would work for you. Now, some of you are like, it's worked for me, and, you, and you've already kind of put this into practice in your life. But again, I know I'm talking to somebody that for you, it just doesn't work. In fact, you kind of struggle. You're like, I don't know, God's guidance doesn't seem to work for me. I mean, I keep waiting for like a sign or able to do something big or uh, you know, maybe he does it for others, but he's inviting you into a walk of faith and he hasn't made it that complicated. It's not easy, but he just said three things. Would you trust me? Would you believe that God is, that he knows more than you know, that he's the creator of the heavens and the earth? Would you trust him? And would you then not put your trust in you? That if, if, if what you think and what God thinks disagree, you'll take him. That's really the key. 
that you're going to say, okay, God, it's not me. I'm not going to think I know more than anything else. And then I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first in my life. I'm going I'm to acknowledge you in all the ways. If you'll do this, I will show you things. I will direct your course. I will bring you into what I have. And I'm just telling you what a beautiful offer that is. So let's go before him right now in prayer and let's pursue that. And hopefully that God would bring you and I into that space where he would direct our course. So would you join me right now? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you have opened it to us. Thank you that you speak it to us. God, right now we acknowledge just the the wonder of it, simplicity of it, but also just the desire. You tell us, God, that you would direct our paths. I want that. (laughs) Like, that is what I want. I need help to make good choices, to show you in this world, to walk in a way that's both true and, and merciful. God, help. God, I believe you. I, I believe in your ability to, to, to work in this. And so I simply ask that you'd bring us into these three things. That right now we'd trust you. That we really would believe that you're God. That you are a God who is at work, that knows us, that knows everything. That you're faithful, you're present, and you're true. I also want to come and just humble myself and admit that I'm not enough in my own arrogance, to, to think that I could handle decisions would, would only lead to problems. And so, Lord, I just want to humble myself and say, where your truth and, and my opinion dis- disagree, I'll take you. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. But then I want to acknowledge you as my God in everything. I want to humble myself before you and, and say, God, would you reign over all of my life? I want you to be first. I want you to be the one who is my God in every aspect. And you said, if I do that, if we do that, that you would direct our course. God, right now, I ask for that for us. I ask that you would lead us. Would you draw a straight course in front of us so that the path that we're on is the path that you have for us? Help us not to miss it. Just guide us and and help us to 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 just not fall off on any side of this, but you would just lead our course in that which is altogether good. Help. We ask for that right now. We ask for your work, and thank you for your faithfulness. We acknowledge you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.